Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay, here with Gerald and Flex. Guys, how you feeling today? Any better? <laughs> we're on the up and up. We're not there yet, but we're getting in the right direction. Yeah, yeah the injury report's looking a lot better. Tomorrow we go from problem. I think we'll, we're, we're good tomorrow, off the injury list tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, just body aches for me and sore back. I need to go to Brad's house and get some of that good back treatment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, this is a positive uh, for everyone around these parts. Obviously, we'll take the wins where we can get them. We've got a packed show for you guys today, including firing up the trade machine on a special trade machine Thursday. I don't think we have the sounder, which I'm not yeah. mad about, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Uh, but that's what happens when we have a trade machine on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday. But before we get into all of that, um, we got practice updates. It's been a little, it's been a minute since I feel like we've actually heard from the guys at practice. Uh, Gerald, I know Frank Vogel talked about how they worked on some offensive execution today. You want to share some more from Frank? Yeah, you know, I, I think with this team in particular, he's talked a lot about not having a set rotation and, and how that was kind of an unexpected thing that they've had to deal with. Um, so a lot of it is about putting guys in the right spots, um, figuring out ways that they can maintain the pace that we saw early in the game. Vogel was saying, you know, we had one of the best first halves in that Blazers game that we've had all season. Uh, we just couldn't sustain it. So figuring out what went wrong in that second half you know, watching the film back, a lot of it was Booker and KD just missing shots that, you know, you you entrust those guys to make. Um, so I think he's comfortable with that part of it right now. Um, but, you know, defensively, they still have a lot of things to work on. They have went through a lot of offensive drilling. And uh, now it's about kind of holding each other accountable and finding ways to actually sustain what we saw in that first half for more, you know, the full 48 minutes. Yeah, we, we talked about it yesterday, right? That five minute and 40, 54 second stretch that kind of did them in. And you nailed it. It was booking KD um, for most of that stretch, just taking turns, trying to see who can, you know, turn the fire out because things were just going bad. It went from 12 to five. But, uh, you know, you believe in those guys. Those are two of the best players in the world. And on most nights, they'll figure it out. And they just got to sustain it and have offensive awareness as a whole. And just know that when things start to snowball, he called a timeout up five and he thought he was going to, you know, uh, uh, weather the storm there. But it, it just continued to snowball. But um, great point. I think they just got to stay on it and stay aware of, uh, of the moment. Stay in the moment and stop uh, losing track of things. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I did like that both Frank Vogel and Devin Booker said at practice today was just putting it together for a full 48 minutes. 
Like they've seen stretches and spurts where things are clicking and firing on all cylinders, but it's a matter of doing it for a full 48, which earlier this week was one of my Christmas wish lists, if you will, <laughs> items. Is that like at a certain point in time, that's all we're asking for. You know what I mean? Like win or lose, yes, we would rather win, but if we're at least seeing it, it makes us feel a little bit better about the situation at hand where sometimes when it's like up and down throughout the course of every single game we're watching, that's what makes it tough as a fan. I think just because it's like, well, shoot, if you can't even keep your head in it for 48 minutes, how am I supposed to keep my head in it for 48 minutes? And you're stressing me out. And I don't love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And, And part of it is building that trust, that chemistry, that familiarity with each other. And uh, something that comes along with that is holding each other accountable. And, and Book actually had uh, a pretty good quote about that on how they go about doing that during this tough stretch. So here's what he had to say. Just keep learning each other. Keep talking. Um, don't be scared to hold each other accountable. You know, we're all on the same path and we all have the same goal, and that's to win basketball games. And we understand it's not going to be easy. It's not an easy league. And, you know, we have enough guys in this team that have been around the block and understand that. So, you know, it's time to pick it up. Book also went on to say that he feels like they have what it takes in the locker room. They have the right collection of guys to get things back on the right track. So now it's a matter of, you know, taking what we're hearing and actually putting it into action uh, over these next couple of games. Couldn't agree more. I love I love what Book said there. I mean, it's, you know, I, I hate to keep pouncing on this, but it's basketball. It really is. Gee, Lindsay, it's basketball. These guys have been doing it their whole lives. And their resume, their portfolio, their credentials tell me that this is this is not uh, what, what some people think it is. Um, they just got to put it together for 48 minutes. Um, I believe in Book. I believe in KD. I believe in this team. I, I really do. Uh, they just got to stay in the moment, lock in. And and I like that, I like that there seems to be a little bit of a, a sense of urgency now. Like I, I do sense that from the conversations and, and just hearing how these, these guys are talking. Um, I feel like they're realizing, all right, we, we got to be better. And uh, we don't have a margin for error. We don't have room for error way th- with the way things are until we get fully healthy and a full deck of cards. So um, looking forward to see how they bounce back. And I kind of I kind of like this adversity. I, I like when teams go through this stuff because it builds character and it gives you that thick that 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 thick skin. And, and you know, later on, that could pay dividends. So I'm, I'm not I'm not so, up, you know, I'm not as uh, panicky as most, but. I'm a I'm an optimistic guy. I was calling. I I got into this business when the Suns were winning 15 games. So, um, you know that's that's probably why I'm very optimistic. Yeah, and you know, like Devin, he he's no uh, he's he's very familiar with adversity, especially uh, in the beginning part of his career. So he's been through uh, worse days than this, and I think there's a lot of lessons that he probably learned from that time that have carried over to where he is now. Uh, Dagoon in the chat said, uh, don't tell me, show me. Well, now that they've read, not that they didn't already know, but now that we've said the the quiet part out loud, we've recognized the issue and what needs to happen. Hopefully that's the first step in kind of turning things around. And I do hope um, that he was like honest in that statement as far as we have the right guys in the locker room to really pull us out of this because that's the most important part. I mean, I said yesterday on the show, you could go one of two ways from here. You could either take the individual route 
and it's all about me and my next contract and this, that, and the other, or you could take the team route and really galvanize one another and uh, come together and really turn this entire ship around. And hopefully that's the route that this group of guys is going to take. And we get to see it tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Cause and, we and, all could use a win. And, and one part that'll help with that is getting guys back. Uh, Frank Bogle did say at practice today that Josh Akogi participated in practice with that right hip injury. Um, so he'll be questionable for tomorrow's game. So hopefully they'll have him available to try and stop one of the highest scoring quickest guards in the NBA and De'Aaron Fox. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, that stuff, that stuff is big for this basketball team. They need a point of attack defender, especially with these shifty guards. And, um, that'd be huge for the Suns. I mean, you know what? I I do want to say this guys. Um, I'm, I'm me personally, I'm not speaking for everyone else, but me personally, I'm done talking about what's going to happen in two weeks or two months or in the playoffs. I'm I'm locked in on a day to day thing right now. Like we, as a fan base, we we really need to just be worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And when I think it was the goon said, "Show me," <clears throat> I, I get that. I'm with that. Um, but you got to define "show me." Like what is "show me"? Is "show me" over five games? Is "show me" you know just tomorrow? Like that's what I'm, I don't think this stuff gets fixed overnight. So I'm looking for a good 48 minute effort tomorrow, win or lose, um, and improvement in the areas we talked about, but I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if we lose tomorrow, they didn't show us. Like, I think that's just a little bit too, uh, it's, it's just, it's just too much going on to try to resolve all in one day or in a couple games. Yeah. You know, can I just, Go on one quick little little yeah. mini rant here. Oh, yeah. um, I feel like the media did us dirty by calling us soft because now that word's being tossed around so much, I see it in the chat right now, and then it's been on social, and I'm just like, that one, that one rubs me the wrong way. I don't yeah. think that was cool. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with that. I don't care for that word because these are some of the best professional athletes in the world that put in way more work than any of us do into their craft, to be honest. And a lot of it is physical and it takes a toll. Um, I will say, I think this team does need to be more physical. I think they need to be tougher, but I would never go as far as calling a group of grown men who are six foot four and above soft. <laughs> Cause I'm sorry, but tweeting that from your mama's couch, it's a little bit different than saying it to their face. I will say that. That bothers the hell out of me, guys. <laughs> Linz, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't want to touch that. <laughs> but I am so glad you said that because that infuriates me, man. Like, you don't know these people. They didn't get to this level being soft. There's 450 people on planet Earth that could say what they that, that do what they do. And they, I mean, yeah, like G said, toughness, yeah, get a little tougher, get a little scrappier. That happens. But to just call people soft that you don't know, like you said, sitting on your couch, just Twitter, you know, uh, some, what do they call them? Uh, Twitter, Twitter fingers. Uh, yeah, yeah, Twitter, Twitter fingers. Yeah. Tough, <laughs> tough fingers. Like, come on, man, cut it out, man. These guys ain't soft. You, you wouldn't believe what these guys go through. I just feel like that's such a low blow. Like, ouch, why you got to do us like that? But I digress. I just had to go on a little mini rant there. All right, guys, before we fire up the special Trade Machine Thursday episode, I do want to remind you, our friends over at Desert Financial Credit Union 
want to hook you up with some bonus money this holiday season. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union. And right now, when you open a free checking account online, you're going to get $200 in bonuses. So get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Especially this time of the year, you can't be leaving money on the table like that. So make sure you check them out. Also, if you have not gotten in on the action over on the BetMGM Sportsbook app, right now they're running a $1,500 first bet offer when you sign up using the promo code PHNX. So you sign up with that promo code, you place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-470, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. one 800 Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right. So before we fully dive into this, we got a, quite a few disclaimers, parameters here to kind of break down, uh, just so we're all on the same page, okay? First disclaimer, it's probably way too early for the Suns yep. to realistically make a trade right now. Uh, we all know that trade action doesn't typically pick up until maybe, what, late January, February, but again, you never know. Um, and also... Here's what the Suns are working with in terms of restrictions, okay? So first and foremost, they cannot offer any first-round picks because the rules state that they cannot trade first-rounders in consecutive drafts, so that's off the table. They don't have any of their own second-round picks, so they'll be working with other picks that they've acquired. So here's what they do have. A 2024 second-rounder from the San Antonio Spurs. It's protected 31 through 54. A 2026 second rounder, least favorable pick between the Detroit Pistons, Milwaukee Bucks, and Orlando Magic. A 2028 second rounder from the Boston Celtics, protected 31 to 45. A 2028 second rounder from the Memphis Grizzlies, and a 20, 2029 second rounder also from the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, before anybody even throws out Bradley Beal's name in this conversation, okay, he does still have a no trade clause, okay? He does have one. So even if a team was interested in him, which let's be honest with the injuries and his contract, probably not a lot of interest there. He can veto any trade he does not want to happen. Okay. Now the Suns do have four trade exceptions that they can use. Now these cannot be combined. Okay. So they have a $6.5 million trade exception from campaign trades. They have a $5 million trade exception from the Dario Sarge trade a $1.8 million trade exception from the Isaiah Todd trade, a $1.1 million trade exception from the Tumani Kamara trade. Now they can use one of those and their second round picks to acquire a player without having to send a player out, but they do have a full 15 man roster. So they would still have to cut someone to make room. And lastly, since they are above the second tax apron, they can only take up to 110% of the salary that they are sending out. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Great job, okay. Lance. Great job. That was fantastic. I feel like there's a lot of like little like yeah. workarounds and things and lots of rules and nuggets of information that we all have to know before we head into any of this, um, just to kind of keep our expectations more yeah. realistic. Okay. 
So yeah. now that the disclaimers are out of the way, let's take a look at some trades, what you guys have all been waiting for. First and foremost, we will talk about this one. The Suns will receive Clint Capella and Sadiq Bey. The Hawks will receive Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, a 2026 second round pick, a 2028 second round pick, another 2028 second round pick, and a 2029 second round pick. What say you? Who's going first here? G, you wrote the article. Go ahead. You go first. Yeah. So I have kind of two variations of this trade. This is the bigger one where the Suns decide that, you know, the Yusuf Nurkic thing isn't going to work out. We need more rim protection. We need more interior defense. We need a rim runner on offense. And so they punt on that experiment. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. And this trade is all predicated on the hawk season completely falling apart for them to do something like this they're currently 12 and 15. if you look ahead to this upcoming summer sadiq bay is going to be a restricted free agent you know to re-sign him they're basically going to be in the luxury tax i don't know if the front office would want to be in the luxury tax for a team that for the last couple of years has been fighting for a play-in spot that's up in the wind right now though um, I do think Sadiq Bay is a guy that you want to keep an eye on. He's been a starter for them. He's been good for them. He's averaging around 13.6 rebounds a game, shooting 35% from three. He's a guy that could help the Suns on the wing, especially as a shooter. We look at some of the wings that the Suns have had this season, Nasir Little, Yuta Watanabe, KVD. All of them have kind of been letdowns in terms of the three-point shooting category. Um, you know, it's not like Sadiq Bey is much better than most of those guys, but he is known as a shooter and perhaps a change of scenery, getting wide, more wide open shots, playing with the Suns big three would help. Clint Capella is a guy I've had my eye on for a while. I like what he brings. He's an elite shot blocker. Um, even at this point in his career, he's a walking double double. The problem is if you're looking for that offensive versatility in the short roll, that passing that Nurkic brings, Capella does not bring that at all. He's more limited offensively than DA was. Um, so even though he would know his role, he would have his limitations in that regard. I think if you could get Clint Capella and Sadiq Bay for this package, you do it because there's not a first round pick in there. And I think the Hawks would hold out for one, but those are just kind of my general thoughts. There are pros and cons to every deal that we're going to go through. Some of them are not overwhelming. This is probably the best return that you could realistically maybe see happening. All right. So I'm, I'm going to try to chop something up into everything you just said, G. Um, if I'm making a call, if I'm the GM right now and that deal's on the table, I'm not hesitating. Um, and, and I'm not hesitating because of everything you said, Clint Capella defensively, rim roller, uh, all the little things that I think the big three ultimately is going to need um, on, on a defensive end, on the glass, some things that Nurk doesn't bring to the table. Now, Nurk is a better overall offensive player for sure. But when you add Sadiq Bey, who I'm fascinated with, I loved him since college. I love any person. Let me tell you something. I'm going to make this clear on this show. So we never had to even talk about this. If you play for Jay Wright at Villanova, I love you. Like, I'm telling you. Like, I, I loved him out of college. I think he's a, a really good basketball player. I think he's got some untapped potential. The dude scored 50 in the game, what, last year or the year before or something like that. Um, he's he's a talented basketball player. So I think that the, the, the line of thinking here is you downgrade Nurk a little bit to upgrade the wing position. 
Um, and that's the only way I'm trading NERC. I love NERC. I want to keep NERC. But if I'm going to downgrade NERC, I have to get something that's significantly better than what we got at the wing. And I do think Sadiq, Sadiq, Sadiq Bay is cut from that cloth. So I love that trade. But like you said, um, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't think Atlanta even – I think if you call Atlanta right now with that deal, they hang up. They're like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. But to your point, if they are, their season starts to tank and they go in the wrong direction and they're contemplating if they're going to be able to pay Sadiq and stuff like that, then then at that point you entertain it. But this is way down the road. Mm-hmm. Yo, we there? Lens, uh oh. Oh, we might have lost Lindsay. Um, okay. But that's okay. I, <laughs> I'm go familiar ahead, with these trades since I'm the architect <laughs> behind them. So let's go ahead and bring up the next trade. Uh, which was Goga Bitadze from the Magic for Yuta Watanabe and a 2028 second round pick. Um, I, I So this is one of those deals that, like we talked about, the Suns have trade exceptions. They could easily yeah. absorb Goga's. I think his deal is worth like $2 million. Yeah, they could easily like absorb million. his contract into one of those trade exceptions. But the thing is the Magic are 27th in three-point percentage. So I think if you dangled a guy like Yuda, maybe they would think about that, adding a wing. He hasn't had a great shooting start to his season here in Phoenix, but we know the guy's a sniper. We know that maybe, you know, we've seen so many guys struggle and then go somewhere else and immediately pick it right back up. That would be something that the Magic would probably be hoping for. You could do it for like a pair of second round picks if the Magic would be interested in that. But Goga's a guy that I like because he put up around eight and eight with you know, one and a half, two blocks in 20 starts for the Magic when Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. went down. He's been very good. He's been holding opponents to, I think, something crazy like 11 or 13% worse shooting at the rim when yeah. he's contesting there. So he's a guy that has, is quietly under the radar, and you wouldn't have to get rid of Nurk. You could keep Nurk's passing, but you would have a safety valve down the stretch of games, a guy that might be able to come in and help you close games if you don't feel like you can rely on Nurk or Drew Eubanks. So, Flex, what do you think of this one? Yo, I love this one, G. I love Gogo Bataze. Let me tell you something. So, you, you nailed some fantastic stuff here. When I look at Goga, and and this is a this is a big dude. This is six eleven, two fifty. You know, he's a, he's about you know seven point six rebounds, two assists every night. Uh, his defense is really underrated. He blocks a lot of shots. And here's the funny thing, G, is. To me, when I watch Goga, I see a defensive, more athletic Nurk. They do a lot of the same things in my eyes. When I watch the film on Goga, that's what I see. I see a guy that is uh, a little bit more athletic and a a more defensive-minded Nurk, but he passes the ball well. He's good on dribble handoffs. He's good at reading and reacting. He's a pretty intriguing guy. And so, I mean, if you can have Nurk, and like a mini defensive Nurk and keep the whole system together. I mean, that would be ideal. So this one is the one that I'm I'm super intrigued. And there's another one. But this one right here, uh, this was a former first round pick in 2019, 18th overall. You know, he's not a scrub. This guy can play. And for what we're asking him to do, he'd be the perfect complement to Nurk. So I don't think I could find a better complement to Nurk in the league than this guy. G. So I'm I'm glad that you brought him up. When I saw it, I was excited. I'm like, G knows his shit, man. Um, because when I saw this, I got excited. So yeah, people cat a lot of casuals are gonna be like, go go who? Go look at him, go watch him. The guy could play some basketball. 
Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, so to go back to uh, the Clint Capella, Sadiq Bay, I think in the chat we had pretty mixed emotions about that one. I think there were more no's than yeses. A lot of people were not ready to give up on Yusuf Nurkic, and I kind of get that. Well, I'm all for making the team better in any way necessary. I would be kind of sad to lose Nurk a little bit. Like, I just... There's something about Nurk that I have gravitated to and like grasped mm -hmm. onto, and I really want to see him succeed here as a Phoenix Suns. But as far as getting Goga to be a backup to Nurk, I love that option. It'd be sad to see you to go. Obviously, initially, he was one of kind of a fan favorite, an early fan favorite, I think you could say. He's probably lost a little bit of that support and backing over the last couple of weeks. Um, so it would be kind of a bummer, but I think I like this one better than the first yeah. one you proposed. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. And, and I think one thing that we covered while you were off the stream was that you wouldn't have to necessarily give up Yuda. You could try and start the conversation with, we'll give you two or three second rounders so we can just absorb him into one of those trade exceptions. The thing is the Magic might want a little bit more, and if they do as a team that's 27th in three-point efficiency, throwing them a shooter might be the way to uh, kind of grease those wheels in that way. Um, but the thing is, like, Goga, you know, upped his trade value over the last couple of weeks because yeah. of how he filled in for Wendell. But Wendell's back now, and they still have Moritz Wagner, who's coming off the bench. So yeah. he might not have as much of a role for them moving forward. He might be expendable. So he's a realistic guy that you could potentially go out and get for that third different look at center. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's one of those worlds where you can see two teams who need separate things and we just a perfect match. They need three point shooting. We need a little bit more of a defensive minded center with some, some other things that Goga can bring to the table. And so, yeah, maybe it may be a match made in heaven down the road. And again, this ain't a blockbuster deal, but this is one of those moves around the edges that uh, pays dividends down the road. Which if we're being more realistic with ourselves, that's the type of trade mm -hmm. or move that the Suns are going to probably be able to make. Like 100%. we already have three superstars on this team right. or a big three. Like there's only so much more we can ask for. We can only be so greedy, you guys. Like as much as I would like to just have all the nice things uh, at a certain point in time, we are limited <laughs> by not just the money, but the rules and the restrictions and what we have to work within as well. Hence the long ass disclaimer at the top of the trade machine. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be mad to bring in Goga one because uh, I think he would be really good for this team. But also, can you guys already imagine the shenanigans Gerald and that name? will come up with on Twitter. <laughs> Goga. I, my, my head's already yeah. going like how many times I'm gonna have to yell at Gerald this season if Goga joins the squad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and and if they brought him in on trade exception, they'd probably have to get rid of Bobo. So I would need someone to have names to make puns with. So there you go. There you go. It's there a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win all around. So Goga, come on down, join our inner circle. And if you guys are looking for a great inner circle with amazing benefits to join, you can join the Circle K Inner Circle. It's a free membership program. You save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. You get every six free on a selection of Circle K products. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff around the holidays right now with freebies and coupons and whatnot. So join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. And when you head out to Circle K, don't forget to pick up 
your Arizona lottery scratchers. They started just $1. They make the best stocking stuffers. They make the best last minute gifts. I know you guys, Christmas is literally just around the corner. And again, they started a dollar and you can win up to $500,000. So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. You can find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be 21 or older to play. All right, next up, we've got the Suns receiving Monte Morris and the Pistons receiving Nasir Little, Damian Lee, and Bull Bull. Do you think the Pistons would play ball? This this is a tough one for me because on the one hand, Monte Morris hasn't played yet this season. He's been out yep. with a quad strain, um, and he's still a couple weeks away from being reevaluated, I think. So like yep. a lot of these deals, you'd have to wait till closer to the deadline. We know that the Pistons are approaching the wrong kind of history with their losing streak, and Monty loves his veterans. Um, he's probably been waiting for Monte Morris and a lot of these guys to get back. So I don't think they would just ship him off before seeing what he can do and how he can impact a young team. But nobody on that team outside of, you know, some of the young core guys should be off limits. Um, I It was just a couple of seasons ago that he was one of the best backup point guards in basketball. Mm -hmm. He's averaged double figures and I think four of the last five seasons, averaged a career high five assists last year. Um, so he's a guy that could bring you some stability to the bench unit. And especially when Devin Booker's off the court, um, or if, you know, Brad Beal continues to be banged up, you know, we've talked a lot about this team needing another floor general another ball handler, Monte Morris would help a lot in that regard. Difficult part for me is obviously you're giving up Nasir Little and Damian Lee, um, Bull Bull is pretty much expendable at this point, but you have to, in order to make the salaries match, you can't just do um, Nasir Little in one vet minimum guy because that's not enough salary that you're sending out there to make the trade math work. So unfortunately, it'd have to be three guys. And to this point, Bull Bull and Damian Lee haven't been part of the rotation. Maybe that changes once Lee gets healthy, but basically all you're losing is Nasir Little and maybe having to throw a second round pick on top of it. I think that's pretty good value for a guy that can come in and give you good backup point guard minutes. Yeah, Ma Monty Monty's a hooper. Uh you know, 6'2, 180, 28 years old. I mean, he he can ball. Like I I love Monty. My my only problem with this one, G, is that uh <clears throat> at what point, I mean, who we like if you make this deal, you're gonna have Book and Beal. You're also gonna have still still some Eric Gordon minutes, and you're also gonna have to find minutes for Monty. And now that that's, does that completely eliminate the use of Jordan Goodwin? You know, I, like it's, it, it feels like there's just going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of, now again, uh, it can, it can work. We can do it, but, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I will say this, G, I will say this. I do think that a guy that we, that we talked about in this trade that people are forgetting about is Damian Lee. Um, I, I do believe that when Damian Lee gets back, he could be a sneaky good addition to what we're doing because we've been struggling at the three line. This is one of the best guys. This is one of the guys that shot the best in the NBA last year, uh, shooting a three ball. You know, he fell out of, out of Monty's rotation, but not for lack of hitting a three ball. <laughs> That's how he hit the three ball. So um, in a vacuum, the player, yes, I love Monty. Um, but I don't know how it uh, has. I don't know what the trickle effect is down if you add Monty and you keep all these guards. Uh, does it become a situation where Frank is like rotating guys now? Like who's who? Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't want. Um, we had enough rotating guys. I want a set 
uh, rotation. And I feel like that would just cause more confusion um, from my, from my liking. You know what I mean? If you, if you swapped Damian Lee in that trade for, you know, either Josh Akogi or Jordan Goodwin, how would you feel about it yeah. at that point? Jordan Goodwin. If, if you swap Jordan Goodwin, then I think we're talking um, only because I love Damian Lee's ability to shoot the three ball. And I think that you're not going to use Jordan Goodwin if you get Monty Morris. You're going to just bury him at the end of the bench. So I'd, ma- I'd rather send a guy out that's going to not sit at the end of the bench and allow less confusion. Uh, where if Monty has a bad game, do we go back to Jordan Goodwin? <laughs> and then Jordan has four good games and then we don't see Monty. Like That's what I don't want because I think we got too much of that already. But I, I do, I do, I do love the player. If we can find a way to get Monty Morris, that's a win. Gerald, is there any? Have we gotten any additional updates on Damian Lee? I know there's questions in the chat about if he'll play this season or not. Mm-hmm. Um, can you remind us what the latest is that we've gotten from the Suns? Yeah, so it was a couple of weeks ago. He was off the, you know, out of the boot, off the crutches, that whole thing. So he's working his way back. Vogel, the last time we asked him for an update, I think it was last week or the week before. Um, he kind of joked, yeah, he'll be back before the end of the year. He meant that as in the end of the season, not the end of the calendar year. So I don't want anybody to get excited because we've got like 10 days left before the end of right. the year. Um, it, it'll be a while longer, I think, but he will, I, I would assume it's at some point in the next month or two. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he, I, I would assume probably the next month would be my guess, but you know, just because he's out of the boot off the crutches or whatever, he's still got to work himself into game shape, get those mm-hmm. five on five scrimmage reps, um, you know, get past that stage before he's back on the court. So it'll still be a while longer. Hopefully they get a better look at him before the trade deadline. So they know exactly what they're working with in regards to him and what he can offer this team. Um, but, you know, at, at this point it, it's tough. Cause I love D Lee and I love what he provides for this team. He is a, a good locker room guy. And, and not just that he can, he can knock down shots on the court. He's a veteran who knows where to be on the floor. Um, the problem is he's just a little bit undersized and he hasn't been able to show what he can do this season because of the injury coming off an injury for a title contender is going to naturally put you in kind of that danger zone where you're not off limits by any means. So yeah, it, that's a tough one to navigate. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 I do think Damien will be back before the end of January. I've gotten some really good reports on Damien. Um, I think he will be back before the end of January. And I think what uh, the thing I like about Damien is, like you said, he's a pro. He's been there. He's been on winning teams. He knows how to win. And Damien is the perfect guy for me when you're having that Eric Gordon struggle game. Like when, when EG's just like one for seven, and it's like, all right, bro, you ain't got it. <laughs> you slide, yeah, you, you know, that happens. You slide mm-hmm. D Lee right up in there, and he's one of those guys that's not going to be afraid to shoot the ball. You know that. D Lee going to put him up. And he shoots at such a good percentage um, that that's that's ideal for me. I, I think I, – I, I honestly think we're going to be talking about D Lee a lot towards the end of the year as a sneaky guy that uh, a lot of people are forgetting about. But uh, So I, I kind of want to hold on to D Lee for, for selfish reasons. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the Suns receiving Nick Richards and the Hornets receiving a 2026 second round pick, a 2028 second round pick, and a 2029 second round pick. So this is one of those potential trade exception 
uh, areas where the suns could kind of tap into here and sweetening the pot, of course, for the Hornets with those second round picks. Now he is only 26 years old. Gerald, you mentioned in your article, he's owed $5 million this year, which is why he fits into that 5 million next year, 5 million the following year, and then nothing else that final year, no guaranteed money for that final season. What do you guys think about Nick Richards? I, go ahead, I mean, go I, ahead, G. I, go ahead, G. I, I love go this ahead, one. G. Go ahead, hey, G. Hold on, before you start, <laughs> hold on, hold on, before you start, because I'm gonna follow you. Mm. I need to know where the bug is in my house. Where did you the put bug? it? Where'd you Are we put on the it, same wavelength? bro? Bro, when I saw this today, I started picking shit up. Like I'm like, hold on, I'm sick, but I got fired. G got a bug in the house somewhere because uh, this guy right here, I don't know. Like you, my man. That's why I love you, dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you got this name from, but I know I talk about this guy a lot in my house, and I'll tell you why. But go ahead. Okay, no, I love it. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength already. Um, yeah. Nick Richards is probably the type of guy that the Hornets should not be letting go, even though he's a backup. He's been filling in for Mark Williams, who is another underrated player that a lot of casual NBA fans might not know his name. Um, But they have two centers that fit that mold. And and Nick Richards is the second one. He's been filling in really well off the bench um, and and in the starting lineup with Williams out. He's a guy that is pretty limited offensively. He's only going to score around the basket, but he's got bounce. Like He is a legitimate alley-oop threat. A lot of his buckets are dunks or layups. He's strong on the interior. I think something like 70 of his 89 shot attempts this year are in the restricted area and he's shooting 80% on those looks. So like efficient finisher around the rim, a strong rim runner, screen and roll type guy. Um, And he's done a good job defensively as a rim deterrent as well. Now, to be fair, there's a big difference between being a rim deterrent for the Charlotte Hornets, who are one of the worst teams in the league and doing it on a title contender. But again, this would be a third option at center just to give you a different look, a more athletic shot blocking type of big that you could turn to maybe if Nurk is in foul trouble or you don't trust Eubanks to finish games. Um, He's a guy that could probably be had for three second round picks or something like that if the Hornets don't have an interest in keeping him for the long haul. His, His team friendly contract makes that a little bit more difficult without giving up an actual player. Um, but maybe three or four picks. I don't know if you want to spend all of your three or four second round picks on a backup third string kind of big, but he is a guy that could help this team in limited spurts for sure. Man, I love Nick. I love, listen, I love big Nick. First of all, I've been watching Nick since he was a kid. So Nick went to my high school and, uh, you know, Hillside, uh, uh, St. Pat's, New Jersey, Hillside, New Jersey. He also played in New York before he went to St. Pat's. We're talking about seven foot, 245. Mm, Like, like that's what I, (laughs) when I'm around, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a big, strong boy. Um, He went to Kentucky, uh, had a, had a nice collegiate career, got drafted. Listen, he is absolutely what Frank needs in his system. Frank talks about what he wants to do. Big Nick can do that. My boy Nick Riches can do that in spades. And we say he's a third-string center. But I tell y'all, we get Nick Riches in that gym, and you'll be questioning if he's actually the guy behind uh, Big Nurk. Um, him and – I mean, I tell you, he's going to give uh, Eubanks a run for his money. So I, I love the kid. I love the character. I know the work he's put in. Like I said, there's some ties back from New Jersey. Um, his ability to, there's a guy with Brooklyn that I love Claxton. 
Right? Mm-hmm. Nick Claxton. Okay. Austin St. Claude, G. Whoa, who barking there? <laughs> Derek, yeah, like, my dog's a big fan of Nick Richards and Nick I was Claxton. Gonna, I was going to say that either Nick Richards or he doesn't like Nick Claxton, one or the other. Because as soon as I said Nick Claxton, he started barking. But um, I, 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 they're cut from the St. Claude, and I'm, I'm fascinated with Claxton as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would love this move. Again, smart move around the edges. But a guy that uh, brings tremendous value to what Frank is trying to do. And I think that's the big part of it. Give Frank pieces that make sense so that you can see what he can do defensively. This guy makes sense for Frank. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the Suns are a little bit limited with the assets they have to put together multiple trades. So that's what makes this kind of a tough exercise as well. And probably a tough situation for the team to be in as a whole because you got to weigh the pros and cons of like we've seen it in the chat here today there's a list of different areas that you could focus on to help make this team better you're probably not going to be able to check off all of them so you got to weigh the pros and cons and create the priority list and go that route and it's kind of tough when you still haven't seen uh your entire team out there for more than 24 minutes so that's the situation yeah. we're in, though. And I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just trying to remind you guys to get your shady rays. That's all. Oh. We're talking about gear that is built to last, premium polarized sunglasses, and exclusively for you, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And of course, if you are looking for a great place to spend your holidays, check out our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They have an unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement that you will not find anywhere else in the desert. They've got a state-of-the-art gaming floor with over 800 slot machines, and not to mention Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playatgila.com for more details. Okay, so we have a couple super chats here. If we can put them on the screen so that I can read them because I don't have them on my side. We'll start with the first one from Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. They said, Nerland's Noel should make Gerald's article, to be honest. Gerald, did you include him in the article? I did not. I did come up with 12 trades. We only went through four of them, I think. So if you are interested, go check them out at gophnx.com. Uh, Nerland's Noel is an interesting one, to be honest with you. I, I feel like... Sons, the Sons and Nerlens Noel have always had that kind of like yeah. flirtatious relationship where we've always wanted to bring him here and it's just never happened. I don't know at this stage how much he would have to offer in the way of that third rim protecting center. Flex, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that train kind of, I mean, we've been flirting around with it for so damn long. I only, I think he'll say no at this point. Be like, yo, I've been waiting five years for this. So, no, no, I think, um, listen, Nerlens is a nice piece. and But at this phase in his career, um, I like I like somebody a little younger. I, I like somebody a little younger. Goga being, uh, what's Goga, 24? Goga's 24. And Nick is 26. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, I don't know Nerlens' exact age, but, yeah, I'd, I'd probably pass on Nerlens. Next, he's currently up. sorry. He's currently not on a roster. I don't think either. So yeah, he so really yeah. yeah why. There's a reason why. <laughs> oh, did we lose? Right. G- oh, okay. I think so. He's back. No, so next back. up from Base God Flashy, they said, "Can we get John Wall to be our point guard and get Book back to the shooting guard position?" Okay, so I do want to talk about John Wall, and I also want to talk about Austin Rivers because those are two guys that have been. 
Uh, their names have been circulating around the socials. And of course, there was that soundbite from John Wall that came out a while back about him talking about wanting to reconnect with Bradley Beal and Phoenix. Is there any interest for either of those guys from either of the two of you? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I, I mean, I mean, I bless these guys. Like I'm not trying, they, they're talented, they were talented basketball players, but no, John Ward, listen, I, all right. So I don't like to do this much. Like when we, when we talk about stuff like this, but, um, I I know a little bit about John Wall, like behind basketball. It's just not not my cup of tea. Not the type of guy that you really want in this locker room. Not the type of guy that's just no, no. Like that's stop it. That's not happening. And then you know Austin, Austin. Listen, we traded for Austin back when we got Kelly Oubre and told him to not even get on a plane. We just cut him. Like that was what four years ago. Like, why are we going there again? Like, no, it was no. So, no, neither one of them. Um, I've never been an Austin Rivers fan, actually. Uh, and again, like I said, John Wall just got too much stuff going on behind the scenes. I just think that would be a distraction. So, no, we could do better than that. <clears throat> yeah, John, John Wall, I get the desire to have another backup point guard, but it, it shouldn't be someone that is trying to keep their career alive at a different stop. Um, and, and there's no disrespect to John wall for that. Not trying to slander him in any way. I respect the hell out of him and obviously keeping his career alive, but here in Phoenix, like if you're getting a point guard that sees himself as a starting caliber point guard, he should probably be a starting caliber point guard. Like we can't, we can't navigate that while we're trying to figure out roles and everything else, figure out, where a guy like John Wall fits in better as a starter alongside book or coming off the bench. Like you're going to, you're setting him up for failure as a starter and off the bench, he might not like that. And even if it is off the bench, that part of his career might be passed now. Um, Austin rivers. I, I like him as a bench guard, but we have a lot of bench guards and we have a lot of guards that are one sided in terms of offense or defense. Primarily like Austin rivers would be an offense only kind of guard. We, we've got too many players that fit that category. Damian Lee man. could do that, G. Right. Like, I, I'd rather just see what Damian Lee has in the tank than, <clears throat> you know, cut. <laughs> I, yeah. I would. I will say, like, Bobol occupying a roster spot is tough right now because if he's not going to see the floor, and even if he does see the floor and it's not very good, we've got to figure out something to do with that 15th roster spot. But if you're going to go that way, that 15th roster spot needs to go to a third center that gives you a different look or another wing, a two-way player that you feel like you can actually trust that isn't offense only or defense only like we have up and down the roster right now. So, you know, Austin Rivers, I don't think he fits that mold. I think it just adds to the glut of guards that you're already trying to figure out how to play together. It, it just adds more confusion for me. Yeah. All right, so you brought up Bowl Bowl. We got some questions in the chat about whether or not you guys are buying the rumor that the Spurs are interested. I mean, are we sure. buying? I mean, sure. I mean, go ahead, G. Go ahead. Sure, but what are you going to get for him? Like, I don't, like, I don't like. I think the Spurs are just like, yeah, if you guys are going to get rid of Bowl Bowl, we'll definitely take Bowl Bowl. But they're not going to give up anybody no. of significance to trade for Bowl Bowl. I think that's just. 
Listen, at this point, if you get an extra second rounder that you can package in with the other second rounders, like I'll take it. That's true. Here's what I think is going to happen. Bobo is a placeholder right now. He's a placeholder. He's a set. He's an eight foot whatever placeholder. I know, <laughs> and I'm a little hyperbole there, but um, <laughs> he's a placeholder, and teams know what he is. And I would imagine the Suns are going to hold on to him until they don't have to anymore, and they'll probably just cut him. And then San Antonio will call and say, hey, come over here, buddy. And that's probably how it's going to work out. That's probably how it's going to work out. I cannot see the Spurs giving up something for Bobo, knowing that Phoenix inevitably is going to probably just cut him in a deal. You know, after we make a deal or buy out of something and just cut him. So I I don't buy that they're going to trade for him. Um, I do buy that they're interested in him. But I don't buy that they're going to trade anything for him. That's that's the one move from the summer. I know we talked yesterday a little bit about how we can't have revisionist history about like the Bradley Beal trade and the Nurkic trade and all of these different moves that they made over the last year or so. That's the one that I still have a problem with and I thought was bad at the time was trading campaign for basically nothing to free up a roster spot and then sign Bull Bull. That's the one that I look back at like, you know, campaign would be pretty useful right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great point, G. That's that's yeah. great point, G. Um, campaign would be very useful right now. Although I, you know, there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, at that moment in time, mm-hmm. I didn't think they saw a role for campaign. And with mm-hmm. him's contract coming up and just wanting him to give him an opportunity to do something. Um, I think it was good business on both sides, but yeah, I, I would, I would love him right now. But again, there's guys, there's going to be guys in the buyout market that are going to mm-hmm. be pretty damn good. And I think this is something G that we can collaborate with later and come up with some potential buyout guys that, cause I mean, listen, you can't tell me that Clippers move adding Westbrook last year didn't help them. Right. And that was a buyout. And so there's going to be guys cut from that cloth. And I think the Suns are sitting here in a unique position saying, hey, we haven't. Gee, how many times do you have a buyout team, a team that's in the buyout market that can offer a starting spot Mm -hmm. and a contender at at that? So the Suns, Suns have a little bit of leverage in that market because one, people like Phoenix, they want to play for the Phoenix Suns. They love the town and love the area. Owners, terrific. The team is really good. And they could potentially slide into a starting spot. And if not a starting spot, heavy rotation minutes, uh, that's going to be a, a big uh, separation factor with these guys when they're looking at the biomarker. So. And this is this is kind of the last year for the Suns to capitalize on two things that they have as a second luxury tax apron team now is I think next year, right now, they can add guys on the buyout market that their prior contract to being bought out was twelve point four million and below. Correct. I think next year it goes to the lower tax threshold because that's at the mid level. I think from there it goes to the biannual which is less than half that amount. So then it gets really tricky. And the other thing is this is the last year the Suns will be able to aggregate salaries in a trade. So sure. they can only so this is the only year that they can trade multiple players to bring back one player or multiple players. That's something that goes away next year. So it's going to be a lot more difficult to trade guys yeah. moving forward. Um, so for those wondering why we're going through way too early trades, we need to have our ducks in a row before February because we're running out of time if we want to trade multiple players for anybody. Facts. Yeah. 
All right, we've got another super chat. This one's from Mike Kafka. They said, bowl bowl for a sack of basketballs and a poster of Greg Popovich. What kind of basketball? We talking about Evos? Oh, poor We talking about Evos? Like 10 Evos, we might... <laughs> No, come on, man. Blessing. I don't want to do that. My Bobo, I love you, dog. No, no, no. We don't want to do that. But 10 Evos is, is a night. They're nice balls. <laughs> um, Psycho Blue also sent us super chat. Thank you. They said, it's never too late to panic. It's not. Never it's too never, late. Too never too late. Never too early. It's never too early. Never too, <laughs> too late. Whatever. If you feel like panicking, then panic. Get it out of your system. It's okay. We can, We relate. We understand. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you guys. All right. So there are some familiar names in the chat. I think Austin had mentioned where, where was it? Let me find Austin's uh, Javon Carter. I think Austin had mentioned Javon Carter. Um, I know Gerald in your article, you mentioned Daniel house jr. Of course we can't have a trade machine, anything without bringing up the name Tory Craig. Uh, there are a whole bunch of additional trades that Gerald worked up for us over at gophnx.com. So this, if this was not enough to get your fix, as far as trades go for the Phoenix suns down the line of things that they can look at, make sure you head over to gophnx.com and check out the rest of them. Gerald broke them down in even greater detail and you don't want to miss out on that one. Gerald, was there one on your article without giving us too much detail, just to tease us a little bit that you were super excited about? I think we covered the ones that I was most excited about, but there were a couple of players that are currently on the Philadelphia 76ers. You mentioned one in Daniel House that aren't getting a ton of minutes that might be expendable and that would fit in one of those trade exceptions. So I'll, I'm just going to tease it like that are a couple of teams on uh, guys on one of the best teams in the East that are worth keeping an eye on as we get closer. I love D house. I, I, yeah. I love them here. And that was one of those guys. I hate that. We kind of slipped through the cracks mm -hmm. along with my man, D Melton. Mm -hmm. Two guys. I regret, man. Sheesh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I really liked D Anthony Melton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, all right, guys, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no. ah, I, I, I think we good. <laughs> hey, everybody heal up, um, feel better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for the Suns fans, man, come on, just chill. Just chill out a little bit. We're 27 <laughs> games in, guys, 27. Say that in Spanish, 27 for the Spanish people. <laughs> like, come on, man. We, we right there. It's a long, lot of basketball to go. Don't, don't bail out yet. Yes. And we have a game tomorrow against the Kings. So don't forget, we will be here 30 minutes before tip off with a pregame show. And of course, a postgame show for you guys as well. And in the meantime, you can give the show a follow on social at PHNX underscore Suns. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. And you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. Who wants to take us home? G Money. I'll take us home. Just remember, don't post any Suns trades involving Yusuf Nurkic on Twitter because he will find them and he will call you out on them. Ahoy, ahoy.